The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. On to one of these sessions, make sure you come along to one of the sessions. There's plenty of them and there's plenty to fit in with whatever time you want. Praise the Lord. So if you're a night bird, come during the night. If you're an early morning person, come early morning. If you're a midday person, hallelujah, we've got one ready for you at midday. So we put it out there and I just want to encourage you to come along. And if you have been to one before and you think, press yourself to go to more than one. Because God stirs you in one and he'll keep on doing good things in your life. God is for you, not against you. He is the lifter of your head. He is the lover of your soul. And he wants to speak into your life. He has words of encouragement to bring to you. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring deliverance. He wants to help you in the areas of life where you are facing difficulties, traumas, troubles, difficulties. He is the one who will help us. And so that's why we want to give ourselves to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting prepared for it. I'm getting excited about it. Why? Because I've been at other times and I know that God has met me. There's been one or two occasions, sometime during the praise time or sometime during the reading of the word, you just feel God is speaking to me. He's speaking to my heart and that strength comes into you. And I don't know about you, I need the strength of God. There's so much that comes against us, so much that pushes us down, so much that challenges us, so many difficulties that we face, so many things going off at work and in the home and kids and whoa, everything. We need the peace of God to come and overwhelm us because when his presence comes, oh, my heart overflows. There is nothing, nothing, nothing like the presence of God. And he is good, and he is good to each one of us, and he wants to bless each one of us. So I really want to encourage you with that. I know we haven't got a lot of time this morning, so I'm going to trim a little bit of what I've got to say. But we're starting a new series, which uh, I don't know how many weeks it's going to last, but I know it's going to last this week and next week. Praise the Lord. Um, It's called Heaven Bound. And here we have, we've heard Yomi, we've heard Kevin talking about looking back and looking forward, a new year, and I'm going to help you to look forward to something that we don't often look forward to. You know what, we preach a lot about sin, we preach a lot about forgiveness, we preach a lot about this and a lot about that, we preach a lot about the teaching that we need to live our lives and how we should be following Jesus, but we don't often preach about heaven and yet heaven is where we are destined to go. And so we need to talk about where we're going. And you know what? I, I, perhaps it's a bit too early in the year. They sort of say like it's about the third week in January that they call Blue Monday or something, where you know, by this time people have really forgotten about their decorations. They've forgotten about, oh, the Christmas cake, the Christmas pudding. They've forgotten about the chocolates. In fact, they've forgotten about their gym membership as well by now. And everything's looking blue. And in fact, the bills are coming in. And so people are feeling blue. And perhaps that's the time we should talk about it. No, I think right now, let us get excited about heaven. You know what? The early disciples had a predisposition. They, they, they were very conscious about heaven. 
They talked about it, they preached about it, and they realized that this is their goal. This is the ultimate goal of our salvation, that we should go to be with Jesus forever. But we don't really think about it. You know what? The mundaneness of the world, the busyness of our world, the the fact that we come to church and we do church services, that's great. But sometimes we forget that God has good things in store for us. And we want to look forward as well as looking past. I talked about the early Christians having a preoccupation for heaven. Paul said these things, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, I desire to be with Christ, which is far better. And he said this, as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. There was something within him that was bursting with this desire. I want to get close to God. I want to be where he is. Now, we've already been talking about how in our prayer times, we want to encounter the presence of God and we want God to come and speak to us, which we do. And there is the presence of God that comes because he is gracious to us. But then we will know him as we are known. We will have fellowship with him all the time. There won't be any sort of lack or waiting of time. We will be in the presence of God. And I want to be in that place. Now, it's not surprising that Paul talked about these things because in John 14, the first three verses, Jesus said this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's going to come up. There it is. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would, 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 would I have told you that I am going there? Okay, would I have told you that I'm going there too? Okay, we haven't got a verse three there. Never mind. I'll read it from here. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me and you, to take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus was talking about the fact he was going to make preparation for us, going to make a place. And if you notice, the language he uses is physical language. He's talking about houses. He's talking about rooms. He's talking about a place. He wanted us to have something tangible to get hold of, something that we can look forward to, something substantial that would encourage us as we are living here on earth. Do we have any problems in this world? Don't answer. Do we have any problems in this world? Yes, we do have problems. And there seems to be seemingly an increasing, growing number of issues that we don't really know how to cope with. And if you read the press or you look at it on your phone or whatever, there's so much that, how can we handle this? What does this mean? Where are we going as the nations of the world? What is happening? There's so much. Jesus says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled by these things. There may be things that press in all around us and worries and concerns that are about us, but we want to have a focus on where Jesus wants to take you. He has gone to prepare a place for us so that we may go and be with him, to be where he is. That is what he has done. Now, it's true to say that life here on earth 
even though we keep thinking of the years, oh, I'm only this age, or oh, my next birthday is this, and as we come into a new year, you look forward to, well, do I look forward? Um, we look forward to the fact that we have a birthday and maybe not the age that we become on that birthday. David said this in Psalm 39, verse 4. It's there. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. There are moments in our lives, I think, when things happen, when we do have an opportunity to look back. New Year is perhaps one of those times. And we think, yeah, actually, you know what? Life just goes past so fast. Sometimes I get in the shower in the morning, and then the next morning I'm getting in the shower, and I think, hang on, what happened to that day? Uh, am I here again? And then suddenly it's like, it's the next morning. You're going through the day, you're having lunch, and suddenly it's dark, and you think, like, oh, the day's going. Where is time going? Life on this earth is so quick. And even if you think back to 2007, well, 2017, that's years ago. Well, actually it's not, but you know what I mean? Time goes so fast. We need to be reminded about how fleeting our time on earth is. Heaven is real. Heaven is where we are bound. Yet you know what? We seem to know so little about it. We seem to be so unprepared. Where do we go when we die is an important question. And it's certainly one that has been asked for years by many people. Death is the one certainty that we are all aware of. And that's not just here. It's not just as though we in the United Kingdom have this opinion that you know what, death is certain for all. It's a worldwide knowledge of that. Whatever nation you are from, whatever culture you are from, you know that there is one thing that is certain. Because taxes in every nation are not certain. Because sometimes they say death and taxes are the two things you can be certain of. But you know, some places they don't necessarily pay taxes. But they do still know this, that death will come to each one of us. You know, the truth is that the majority of funeral services, it would seem that most people are expecting to go to heaven. That's what comes across in a funeral service. Because nobody wants to talk really about what is at the end of our lives or where we are supposed to be going. But you know what? As Christians, we believe that when we put our faith in Jesus, we have a place in heaven. But also, as Christians, we believe that the Bible does not teach that every person goes to heaven. When it comes to every man and woman, the Bible says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has broken God's laws commands, decrees in one way or another. In reality, we have broken his laws in multiple ways. Sin is the one factor that separates us from God. And because all have sinned, there's no one can say, like, oh, hang on, no, no, count me out. Because all have sinned, all have become separated from God. And therefore, all have become separated from the destiny of heaven. Of heaven, we read this. So this is important for us to understand. This is what heaven is like. This is what it's about. It says in Revelation 21, verse 27, nothing impure. Do you, do you read that? Nothing impure. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's talking about how do we get into heaven? 
And this verse tells us about nothing impure will get there. It is only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the only assurance that we can have, is to know that there is a book that has been written, and the Lamb is Jesus Christ, that he has written in his book your name. What a precious thought that is. That there in heaven somewhere there are books, and the book of the Lamb, the Lamb's book of life, is lists and lists of names of people who have come to put their trust in him. Because as we put our trust in him and as we give our lives to him, then our names are written there. Listen, Revelation 20 verse 15 goes on to talk more about this. It says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, they were thrown into the lake of fire. Now, I'm sorry that at the beginning of this year, I'm bringing you good tidings about heaven, but I'm also expressing the reality of life itself. We have a brevity of life, and we cannot expect that everyone will go to heaven because we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But God has made a way. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, no one can enter the kingdom of God. We need to be born again. We need to have our names written in that book of life. Jesus again said that the thief came only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but he came to give everlasting life, abundant life, to, so that we may have that life and have it to the full. That is why he came. He came as a life giver, not as a life taker. For the Son of Man, it says, came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus tells us the truth because he says in Matthew this, he says that we need to enter heaven through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Though we have sinned and become separated from God, God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be the saviour of the world to be our rescuer, to rescue us from hell and to give us a place in heaven. I don't know what your situation is as you're sitting here this morning. Many of you have already taken that step and you are believing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life because you have trusted in Jesus Christ. But if you haven't, I hold out to you great hope this morning. Because Jesus is here and he is wanting to receive anyone who will come to him. He is wanting to write people's names in his book because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to redeem a broken mankind. He came to restore those that have fallen away. He came to bring them back into relationship with himself. And for this morning, let me say this, there is hope because today is the day of salvation. There is hope in God. And we need to look at that. If you have no assurance that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, before you leave here this morning, you can have prayed and you can have assurance that Jesus will come and he will help you and move you to that place of salvation. Now we, as Christians, obviously seek to make known the knowledge of the need of salvation because we believe in the reality of heaven. Because we believe in this. And we're not just going on with an easy, easy believism. We, 
we are saying unless you are saved, you cannot go to heaven. And because of that, we want to make sure that everyone hears about Jesus Christ. We have this year our soul plan. One of the vision or the vision that we have for this year is to reach souls, to reach people, whether it is through friendship or whether with some people we are going to actually go out on the streets and we're going to meet strangers because we want to talk to strangers as well as people we know. We want to invoke friends and we want to draw people in. But we have one aim in mind. We want to see heaven populated and we want to see the gates of hell being closed for those people. We want to see people's names written in the Lamb's book of life. If there's a prayer topic that you wanted to take hold of because you hadn't had an opportunity to put a name up here, and I am one of those people, I haven't put a name up there, one of the prayers I shall be thinking and bringing before God during next week, prayer time, is God, what is the name that you want me to put up on there? It doesn't matter if you haven't written your name on there at the moment for the person. What matters is, God, who are you bringing before me? What's on your agenda that I may come and serve you and see that agenda come to pass? So there's a prayer that we can get involved with in the seeking of souls. Let us move on. First point, understanding heaven. We've been looking at this, understanding heaven. What is, let me ask this question, what is your understanding of heaven? What, what is it that you've got going on in your mind about heaven? Harps? Clouds? Fluffiness? Singing all the time? What, what is it that you've got? Because you will have some ideas. Oh, I'm going to be with Jesus forever. Well, what does that look like? What does that look like? Let me give you a quote here from David Lord Jones, uh, David Lloyd George, a British statesman. He said this, When I was a boy, the thought of heaven used to frighten me more than the thought of hell. I pictured heaven as a place where time would be perpetual Sundays with perpetual services from which there could be no escape. You, you see, he had a vision of heaven, but it was clouded by what his experience of church was. Maybe that's true for us as well. You think, like, well, I come to church for, well, okay, we'll make it an hour and a half, two hours on a Sunday. That's enough for me. I, I can't think of eternity. <laughs> eternity like that. I, I mean, I hope I've got a comfy chair. I, I, maybe I hope I'm near the back or the front. Or What is your understanding? You see, because we've already got things in our minds, but are they true? Are they real? Can they really help us in terms of where we move forward? Now, my second point is this, present heaven and future heaven. Present heaven and future heaven. And if we were to die today, then the heaven we would go to would not be the heaven of our final destination. Now, before any of you here is panicking, I think you're like, okay, Jonathan's lost it. This is biblical. But it's not something that we really talk about or think about. If a Christian dies today, they will go to the present heaven. This is a place of transition following our time on earth and a place where we are waiting until we have our full resurrection life and the new heaven and new earth has been created. Another quote, theologian Wayne Grudem, he said this, Christians often talk about living with God in heaven forever, but in fact, the biblical teaching is richer than that. It tells us that there will be new heavens and new earth, an entirely new creation, and we will live with God there. There is a present heaven and there is a future heaven. Living with God on earth 
That is our final heaven destination. And let's get some scriptural understanding of this. If we go to Revelation chapter 20, we can read through there a number of events that will take place at the end of the age. Satan will be bound for a thousand years. After that, he will be thrown into the lake of fire, and then there will be judgment of everyone's works. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you when it's talking about the judgment. Revelation 20, verse 11, 12, and then verse 15. And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This is happening at the end of time when Satan has been cast into hell himself and then everyone is judged for what they have done. And then as we move into the next chapter, Revelation 21, we read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain all these things are gone forever. That is the heaven of our final destination, where God will be with us, where he will help us, where he will strengthen us, where he will liberate us from every form of bondage. Our final destination will be on that new earth, a new earth. You know what we're living on earth at the moment? as created beings, and as if you're a Christian, you're seeking to live under the will and for the glory of God. In that place, we will probably be doing exactly the same. But God will be with us, but there will be a major difference. There will be no sin, there will be no sickness, there'll be no shame, there'll be no crying, there'll be no pain. There will be the glory of being with God, but it's not just that we're gonna be held holding our harps and singing. God will help us and strengthen us in that time. That is at that time when we will see all of creation being loosened from its bondage. You know in the Bible it speaks about how that sin has had its effect upon all creation and creation has come under decay. At that time there will be a glorious liberation of all creation and every plant and animal, everything will be able to come into its fullness. I mentioned animals there. That, at this moment in time, in my mind, is a slight assumption. I don't have a scripture to support that, so I will look at that a little more energetically for next week. Um, what I wanted to do now, but I'm not going to go, is I wanted to press in to tell you what this present heaven is like. Because I want us to look at a number of things, and I would, rather than me rushing through it now, 
Um, I will look at that next week. But I want to look at what present heaven is like. So we have an understanding that, wow, and for me, when I was looking at this, when we think of the people who are close to us, whom we have lost, family members, brothers or sisters, it's so painful here on earth. When they're Christians, we're thinking like, well, they've gone to a better place, but we still feel in pain. As I go through these things, I want to show you some of the things about them and what is going on. They are in a far better place right now in heaven. But more next week that we can come through to. Guys, if you want to come up here. Let's just stand together and I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you at the beginning of this new year to humble ourselves before your throne and to ask, Father, for your glory, for the magnificence of you to be made known to every heart. We hardly understand how much we need you, Lord. Our lives are so full of our own importance, our own busyness, our own pride, that, Father, often without knowing we have disdained your name, we have looked down upon you, and, Father, we have trusted in our own strength rather than in you, when the truth is you are the one who sustains us from moment to moment, from day to day. Father, we want to ask that you would forgive us and that you would strengthen us. We pray as a people that you would open the eyes of our understanding to the knowledge of who you are. The Lord, that the glory of your presence would shine upon every heart and upon every life. Those, O oh God, who feel that their hearts are bound with darkness, Father, in the name of Jesus, we address that darkness and command it to be broken and to free in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, that through the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives, you indeed would be the lifter of every head and the strengthener of every heart. We thank you, Lord, that when we feel hopeless, that you are the God of all hope and you are able to help us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you grant us the ability to be patient before you. For, Father, you work out all things according to your time, your plans and your purposes. So often, Father, our plans, our purposes are impatient. And Father, when we do not get what we are looking for immediately, we get rebellious before you. Have mercy upon us, O oh God. We pray, teach us your ways. Let our hearts be inclined according to your word to you. And help us to gaze upon you. May the majesty that belongs to you be revealed to our hearts too. May we, O oh God, be overwhelmed with the understanding of you, that our hearts, Lord, would be strengthened inside, not only with your presence, but with the knowledge and understanding of the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would cause us to know more about heaven. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we may have a growing excitement of what lays before us that would help to carry us through the difficult times, through the stressful times, through the challenging times. That our eyes and our hearts would be fixed upon what future lies ahead of us. That great hope would keep us burning for you and keep us pressing on for you. We thank you, Lord, that it says in your word that no eye can fully understand or fully express what you have in store for those. 
but Lord, you have revealed it by your Spirit. And therefore, Father, you do reveal things through your Word to us, but Lord, we've not always picked up on it. Help us, Lord, through this series to pick up on more and more that our hearts may be charged with the knowledge of what lies ahead so that we may be strengthened in these days that we're here. Father, grant to each of us peace. Grant to each of us, O oh God, that security of walking with you. For those, O oh God, who do not know you or those who are straining to find you, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would open the eyes of their hearts, you would give them revelation, knowledge and understanding of yourself, the Lord that would literally take their breath away as they see the glory of you. May they have experiences of you and encounters with you that would take them over that line of salvation with great understanding and knowledge that they would have security in you. Father, Keep us in your ways and help us to abide in your presence now and always. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.